0: ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. Welcome into the Wednesday, March 18th edition. Your Drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines 877-420-TALK. That 877 420-8255. 420-8255. Miller Light Holder. Great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. We're here in the studio today for you. So I hope to get your phone calls in as those of you who are maybe stuck at home or those of you who are, well, you're, you're self-quarantining or you're just, well... Dodging traffic right now, wherever you're at, we're here for you, and of course, we'll take your phone calls, get you in the program, talk sports with you, even though we don't have sports to talk about, but we've got stuff to talk about. Taylor Stuck is going to join us here in a few minutes from Herald Dispatch. We're going to talk Marshall Baseball Park. That's still in the news, and the bad news is that they're going to have to push it back even further because of the fact that, well, you don't really want to go raising funds and go out looking for donations during a pandemic. And that's another thing that the outbreak has impacted. It's not just the fact that play has been stopped. Spring sports have been canceled across the board, including Conference USA. But also, there are projects that have been slowed down or halted. And of course, construction of the ballpark. We knew that that would be delayed a little bit just because of the fact that the bids came in a little too high. So... You're going to have to go out, raise a little bit more money, revise the plans, rebid those. And Taylor's been following this story, so we're going to talk to her here in the next few minutes. And, of course, after that, we will get your phone calls in. We've got a lot to get into today with the NFL. More importantly, number 12 is a Buccaneer. Can you imagine Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They take the field, when they take the field, and there he is, Tom Brady, going to Tampa Bay. And you know what? You enjoy him, NFC. He's all yours. I'm over here in the AFC, just, I'm happy. That's going to open up things. We're going to have, unless the evil wizard himself, the dark master, the guy in the hoodie, Bill Belichick, can work his evil magic once again, and he does so with... I'm thinking Andy Dalton, not Cam Newton. I'm thinking Andy Dalton. He takes Andy Dalton off my hands as a Bengals fan, and then he turns him into an actual good quarterback. We'll see. We will see. That could happen, of course. It could also mean that we're going to find out which one's really the mastermind here. Is it Tom Brady? Is he the one that was orchestrating all of this, all that success? Was it Bill Belichick? He was the one really the power, orchestrating it all, and he can plug in any quarterback he wants and he can make it happen because you know Bill Belichick is thinking, all right, y'all think it was Tom Brady. That's fine. That's fine. I'm going to take Andy Dalton. I'll take Andy Dalton and show you. And he might do that. So thank you, NFL, for at least having the decency to give us something to talk about today. And, of course... We'll dive into the Bengals just a little bit. I'm still worried. I'm still nervous about the Bengals. I'm hoping whenever draft day comes and they make that first pick and it's not Joe Burrow that I can be resuscitated. That's what I'm hoping. I even got an alert from the phone earlier today. I get the notifications from CBS Sports. Kind of worried me for a second. It said Bengals draft plans. I'm thinking, wait a minute, why am I getting breaking news? My phone says, don't screw up the number one pick, surround Joe Burrow with playmakers. And I'm sitting there going, you sent me an alert for that? That's the done. Of course, then I I looked at it, and I'm pulling it up on my phone now, and it's video. It's CBS HQ. They wanted me to watch their video from CBS HQ. So, I didn't watch it. Not going to fall for that, but... I'm a little worried about the Bengals. Just because we're talking the Bengals here. Maybe maybe they get a good deal. If Andy Dalton, they send him to Cincinnati. They're going to keep him. We'll see. If they don't keep him, and I don't think they're going to keep him. If they ship him off to New England, and he becomes the quarterback that we hoped he would become, and Bill Belichick can win a Super Bowl, hats off to you. Completely hats off to you for doing that. But, as it stands now, I think the biggest NFL news is, is Tom Brady. Everybody's been talking about it today. I did a health and wellness check on our, our, our receptionist. So I stayed at least six feet away from her, did my social distancing, and I checked in on her. And she's like, you know what? I'm not a Tampa Bay fan. He can go to Tampa Bay. She's a New England Patriots fan. And if you've ever come into our office You know it, because if she's not decked out in her Patriots gear, you look at her computer, her wallpaper has got that New England logo, and, of course, she's got that smile because she knows that her team has won not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six, six Super Bowls. So uh, check in on your Patriot fans. Check in on them. Do a health and wellness check on them today. It's it's very, very important that they know that they're reassured that it's going to be okay. Do that for me, if you would. When we come back from break, we're going to turn our attention to Marshall Baseball. Trying to get this baseball park going. you got the fundraising still going. You've got the property. You've got all the hurdles almost taken care of. Getting to the finish line. That's the story here. And so we're going to talk about that. The person who is most qualified to talk about that is Taylor Stuck from the Herald-Dispatch. She's going to join us when we come back from break here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition. It's the drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, and we want to welcome to the program now one of our our favorite reporters from the Herald Dispatch. It's it's not Grant Trailer, no. It's not even Lou Creasy. It's Taylor Struck. She's with us now. And how do you feel about that being more favored than Lou Creasy, Grant Trailer? I mean, even Tim Stevens. I like you better than all those guys.
1: I mean, it's just, it's that's pretty high praise.
0: Uh, but you've been pretty busy, though. Uh, all seriousness, um, we were going to circle back and have this conversation after basketball got going with the tournament. Unfortunately, we don't have that. And with everything going on with the COVID-19 outbreak, you've been, I'm sure, a lot busier and you've been covering the, base, the Marshall Baseball Stadium. Further delays are possible. And of course, you can go to the Herald-Dispatch's website now to read a little bit more about that, but... Uh, I don't know if uh, people understand we're not just losing sports. We're losing a lot of things right now, or things are just being put on hold.
1: Right, definitely, uh, pretty much everything. Um, and, you know that, and that's what, I mean, like Hamrick said, um, we were already delayed with the stadium. Um, they put the bid out in December, um, and it came back higher than they had, had hoped. Um, so they decided to do more work themselves to try and get get that bid down on um, the cost down. Um, but now, my like Cameron said yesterday, now it's just not the time to go out and ask people for money. Um, you know, people are worrying about other things. Money has to be directed towards you know other things at the moment. So um that's gonna push us back even a little bit more than they had originally hoped in the first place. We're hoping to get the bids out this spring, but I think maybe it might be this summer now.
0: Joining us on the program from The Herald Dispatch, Taylor stuck and This is a project, when we were going to talk about this, you mentioned the bids came back a little too high, so there's ways to get around that, obviously. One, you can raise more money. Two, you can make some alterations to the ballpark, and now that we're sort of on hold at least even more, where do you feel this is going? You You feel that they're almost at a certain point where they can pick back up, go with maybe a a lessened version or at least a, a a trimmed down version of what they were looking to build initially?
1: You know, I don't think that the stadium itself is going to change um, as of right now. Um, But I think really what they were trying to do is do more to the actual property. Um, So this is the property of Flint pigment group. Um, So there was, you know, a couple buildings on there. It's not where the actual factory is still standing, um, but it's across the street. Um, and so there's still things that they need to do. They needed to get water lines installed on there. They need to, um, do some like stuff related to the chemicals for the EPA to make sure the land is safe. Um, they have to move a right away for the road over. And so instead of having a construction company do all of that on top of building the stadium, I think they're going to, they're trying to do some of that in-house and, um, they can work with the city now because the city has the ACF property across um, third Avenue now. So they can work with the city to do some of that work. Um, And I think all of that can still probably still happen. I mean, it's happening outside. Um, So I don't know if that work has necessarily been slowed down. So I think we should be able to pick up right where we left off and fundraising and things And the stadium itself. I don't think should be affected.
0: Do you think it's fair to say with, the forced delay and then the added pause that we're going through right now that maybe when we come through all this, that maybe this ballpark's going to be better off that we are going through these delays either by creation or just by being forced.
1: Yeah, I think that's possible. I mean, you have more time to think things through and maybe work on some things, um, you know, I mean, and it maybe just gives more people, I mean, I think people will be, even more what ready for something like this in town once we've kind of gone through this time where we have no sports, we have no no place to go and be together. So maybe folks, you know, will be even more excited to donate after they go through this. Um, you know, it could go either way.
0: Taylor Stuck is joining us from the Herald-Dispatch, and not only were you covering the baseball park itself, but of course the athletic committee discussed the department's fiscal year for the budget. And there's an increase, and I'm sure that Mike Hammerick will take any increase he can get for the budget because that goes to paying for a lot of people's salaries and essential scholarships, health care. There's so much that the cost is rising, so Marshall's trying to keep in line with all of that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's the other funny thing about this is they were actually kind of struggling with revenue with their budget. Um, That was at the last meeting they had reported that. But now that spring sports have been um, canceled, they don't have to travel. They don't have to pay for travel for all those students' housing um, when they travel, the feeding, the players. Um, so they're actually that actually helped the budget for this year. Um, they're probably going to be able to break even and mitigate some of those costs. Um, but, yeah, next year they're asking for a 3.2% increase um, in their budget. Um, and like you said, it's for salaries, extra scholarships for students, um, for student athletes, and like you said, those increased medical insurance costs, those medical costs keep going up. So, uh, but definitely they want to make sure that they take care of those student athletes' health um, first and foremost. Did you get? And f- I think the board is probably on board um, with being able to provide that for them. I know the board um, really understands the value of the athletic department and the athletic program.
0: Did you get a feel from them as well that they're going to have to? try to find extra revenue, even offset some of this prior to everything being shut down? Are they in a good place, I guess is what I'm asking.
1: Yeah, I think so. Part of the problem they talked a little bit yesterday was um, auxiliary fees from students that all students who attend Marshall pay. um, They had worked on a plan previously to get those, those fees up. Um, to help the budget for the athletic department. Um, I think they're going to have to take a look at that again. Um, They might have to look farther out than they had done in 2012. That was the last time that they had raised those fees, they said. And so they had been looking at how they can do that. Um, And they did raise them. And I think that that might be something they might have to do again is continue to raise those fees to keep up. Um, But I think otherwise... It's strong. I mean, my camera said, you know, a lot goes into an athletic budget. They always have to be flexible. They build from the bottom up and do what's absolutely necessary. Um, But then there's always, you know, if it rains every Saturday for football season, that's going to hurt them. You know, there's always a lot of unknown. So I think they're used to having to be flexible in that regard.
0: Taylor Stuck is with us. Uh, She had a story yesterday in the Herald Dispatch uh, discussing the Marshall Baseball Stadium and, of course, the finances and the athletic department. Did you get any feeling, any sense of how the athletic department, outside of revenue, at least with expenditures being cut with the COVID 19 halting everything, you kind of get a feel for how they're trying to handle this, how they're trying to progress through? The entire athletic department, for the most part, has been shut down. There's no sports anywhere and this could last for a while. So what kind of impression, if any, did you get from them how they're dealing with this or handling it?
1: You know, I think they're handling it, handling it just like we are all handling it right now and taking it day by day. Um, my camera said, you know, we just, there are a lot of unknowns right now. Um, we don't know how this is all going to play out. We don't know how long this is going to last. Um, so I think they are, at the moment, just kind of waiting and seeing um, and hoping for the best. Like I said, you know, they, it did, canceling spring sports did kind of help even out their budget a little bit. um, So that might actually help them in the long run. But um, I mean, if you still have the ability to purchase, repurchase your season tickets for football season, um, now might be a good time to do that if you have the ability.
0: Joining us on the program from the Herald Dispatch, Taylor Stuck. And how are you guys handling it, though? Because as, um, as a source of news and information, you don't have the luxury of just staying home and bunkering down. I mean, you're you're actually still out there covering. So, you know, how has this impacted you and uh, the sports department and, and the news department?
1: Yeah, I mean, we are all reporting on this virus now. We are all COVID nineteen reporters. It feels like um, we are just, you know, again trying to take it day by day. We're all have the same family stresses. You know, we have people here who have kids who aren't in school. We, You know, I'm planning a wedding supposed to happen at the end of May. So, you know, we're taking it as well as we can, but we also just really want to make sure that everybody has the most accurate information that we can provide them. So you can, there's a lot of information out there um, and it changes rapidly. So we really just want to make sure that you have the ability to make the best decisions for your family um, moment by moment. So just trying our best to keep up, really.
0: And something I should point out, and you can expand on it, is the Herald-Dispatch, you got to pay for the paper, and there's a paywall on the website. But for the time being, all news coverage concerning COVID-19, you're not making anyone pay to get their news coverage. You guys are updating everything on the website. No paywall. You need information. It's right there at the Herald Dispatch website.
1: Yep, and there's also, I mean, and if you, you know, if you you go to that and you get your COVID nineteen information, and then there maybe there's other stories that you're not able to have access to because of the paywall. We're always having deals. Um, we just had one yesterday for um, St. Patrick's Day, so you can keep an eye out for those really good deals. And if you could support us now, just like you're trying to support every other local business, you know, we are a small business, just like. Um, so many other people out here. So we appreciate all the support.
0: Good talking to you again. Uh, Let's do this soon. Hopefully we've got a baseball park to talk about that's on track uh, because we're all dying for sports right now, I think. And uh, it's what, it's where we can. And I don't know how people are coping right now because usually sports is the mechanism people cope with and I, I don't know where we're yeah. going from here so uh, uh thanks for sports news I appreciate you for being going to the meeting and at least giving us something today
1: Oh yeah no problem it's uh just trying to make sure we're all informed and yeah I mean say it was nice to even get a little bit of a break even if it was still semi related it was so nice to have something else to do
0: you can follow her online at the Herald Dispatch. Taylor Stuck from the Herald Dispatch. Taylor, good talking to you. Uh, make sure you rub it in um, Tim Stevens' face that you know, I like you way better than him. I mean, just. I wanna, oh, I, oh, I will. <laughs> I want to know what the reaction is. Okay,
1: I'll let you know. <laughs>
0: Appreciate it. Thanks, Taylor. Appreciate you. Thank you. That's Taylor Stuck from the Herald Dispatch. Hey. I like her a lot better than Tim Stevens. You know, if, if Tim wants to um, refute that, we'll we'll have him on the program here in the near future to see where he stands on that. We'll take your phone calls, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We'll get more on the way. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Well, the biggest news of the sports day might be Tom Brady putting on that Tampa Bay jersey. Going to play not for the Chargers, not for the Patriots. Tampa Bay. That might be the biggest news today, but that's not the biggest news from my day. Cincinnati Bengals, they're actually making moves, free agency moves. I, I, I'm i a little confused You might have to call in and explain to me how this works because as a Bengals fan, I'm not sure if I understand how this works. From what I've been told, you as a team or the team, the entity, the Bengals, the team will go out and acquire players that will better the team so if there are football players that have not signed deals with their current team, you can go out and talk to them and offer them money and they might decide to come play for your organization. And it seems like the Cincinnati Bengals have done this. So I'm a little confused. DJ Reader. DJ Reader. He is going to be the highest paid nose tackle in the NFL. Four-year, $53 million contract. What? The Bengals spent money? I don't get this. They needed to, actually. Because, let's be honest, it wasn't Andy Dalton's fault. The Bengals had a terrible defense. They had a terrible rush defense on top of just overall having a terrible defense. And they needed to clean that up. Say what you will about Marvin Lewis, and trust me, I have said a few things about Marvin Lewis. He had a strong concept of defense, and the Bengals have had to work on the defensive side. Also, the Bengals reportedly agreed to terms with former Minnesota Vikings cornerback Trey Waynes. Defense. They're talking defense in Cincinnati, and you know what? That's good. If you can go out in free agency and make your defense better, get a couple of pieces in the draft, focus on offense maybe in the draft. I don't know if that's going to be the overall strategy for the Bengals, but I do like it that they're making some moves. And again, we don't know what's going to happen just yet with Andy Dalton. Maybe the Bengals get a nice piece out of that. If he attracts some interest, if somebody looks and says, you know what? He can do something here with our team. Maybe Bill Belichick, the, the concern for a lot of Patriots fans is maybe you're not going to get a caliber quarterback the way you had with Tom Brady. Well, you might get somebody who can fill the hole here in Andy Dalton. And, of course, the NFL thankfully has been there for us to at least give us something. I mean, thankfully, the NFL has been there to give us something over the last few days. But then again, it's not that hard to do draft pre-work from home. It's not that hard to get on the phone and maybe sign a few players now and then. But at the same time, I do like where the Bengals are going, or at least the fact that I'm seeing some free agency moves. But, of course, the big story is Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady going to the Jags. Why'd he go to the Jags? I'm sorry, why'd he go to Tampa Bay? I was thinking he might go to the Jags, but that didn't become a um, a possibility because the Bears trade for Nick Foles, and the Bears probably didn't get any single look at Tom Brady. For one, if I'm trying to get paid... I also want to get in the playoffs, and I want to go somewhere nice. Chicago, nice. It's cold. I don't want to go there. But going to Tampa Bay and Tom Brady making that decision. Get this. Patriots let him do it. They didn't drop a franchise tag on him. That's the thing. And honestly, to be quite honest, I don't think that would have been a wise use of the franchise tag. I mean, that was the thing there. That would have basically limited what he was able to do. Because then you would have had a situation where you don't have leverage, for one. And Brady got the Patriots to agree not to franchise him. And that's the best thing possible for him because now he was able to go out and have a little bit more leverage, a little bit more flexibility. But at the same time, I think that the marriage was over between Belichick and Brady. I think they wanted to make that decision or at least Belichick wanted to make that decision a couple of years ago. He wanted to move on. I mean, Belichick... He can be your friend, but it's business for him. He's like a mafia boss. It's not personal. It's just business. The business of getting the best players at the best time, not keeping a player because they've been successful, keeping a player because they have you know, done a lot of great things for you. You get to that peak. You get to that point where the returns are diminishing. They're moving on. These are the New England Patriots. They're about winning rings. And, of course, Brady was the favorite of the owner. So a couple years ago, maybe the future of the Patriots was going to go a different direction. And, nope, it was sticking around with Tom Brady. So now that frees up the Patriots to really go out there, maybe start planning for a few more years. Because, let's be honest, Tom Brady was not going to be there much longer. Tom Brady was not going to be there. He was in decline. I mean, he's still one of the best quarterbacks out there, but he was in decline. He was not peak Tom Brady. He was not peak Tom Brady. And he's in decline. He's not the best version of Tom Brady. I mean, come on. He's the all-time great. Even the all-time greats start to decline sometimes. Let's be fair. you're keeping him, if you keep him, you're keeping him for mere, hey, we're gonna ride this thing out with you. But that's not how Belichick rolls. That's not how the Patriots roll ultimately. The Patriots, they want to win. They want to win, so they put themselves in a position to to rebuild that team because it changes. And this is what Bill Belichick does. Bill Belichick is about putting together the best version of the New England Patriots, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You could be the best player he had on the team all year long, but if he thinks he can make a move and get a guy in that's going to give him what he needs and you've did a lot of great things for the Patriots, you're gone. You're gone. That's how he has had such longevity. It's not because... He is nostalgic for, you know, you, know, Tom's my guy. You know, we've won a lot of Super Bowls together. I mean, he's not that type of coach. I mean, come on. Randy Moss. he didn't he didn't retire a Patriot. Basically, if you're not useful or you're on the decline, you're going to go the way. Of a lot of guys in the New England Patriots. But Tom Brady was sort of heads and shoulders above everybody. Tom Brady. The greatest of all time at the quarterback position. The GOAT. The guys won Super Bowl after Super Bowl. He has led one of the greatest football dynasties we've ever seen. And, of course, we knew that this was going to be a difficult breakup. This is what it is. This is... This is not a nasty divorce. This is a breakup. This isn't a... This isn't a bad thing, I think, for both parties. Because Tom Brady gets to go out the way he wants to. He wants to go out paid. Probably a lot of... And that's not like he needs the money. He just wants that, okay, you know what? I've done everything I can do. I've taken the hometown discount. I have done... Every single thing they have asked of me, I'm getting paid now. And it's a lot warmer in Tampa Bay than it is in New England. And I don't think this really diminishes his legacy. He just wants to go out on his own note. Now, is this the right move for Tampa Bay? I don't know. I don't know. Tom Brady's better than a lot of guys out there, even at his age, even where he's at. He is not the Tom Brady of old. He's been off target a while. And honestly, I think Tom saw it as an opportunity. Like, okay, I don't think this is going to be the very best New England's team that I've been on. I'm going to get paid. And I think also his performance took a hit a little bit because he was taking care of him. He wanted to put himself in a position to not get hurt. Who wants to hurt Tom Brady? I don't want to hurt Tom Brady. Do you want to hurt Tom Brady? I don't want to hurt Tom Brady. I, of course, I want Joe Burrow for my Bengals, and that's another story altogether. So I'm willing to, New England fans, I'm willing to give you Andy Dalton. You can have him. I'll give you. I'll throw in some Skyline Chili. I'll throw in the Skyline Chili. Or if you like Gold Star, I'll give you the Gold Star. Whichever one you pick, Skyline or Gold Star, I'll throw that in. No problem whatsoever. It'd be my treat. You can have all the Gold Star you want. You can have all the Skyline you want. Get a Coney. Get the Chili. Whatever you want. Well, football continues. Basketball is over. But we've got the top 25. Let's talk about that when we continue on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. College basketball top 25 is out. Makes me sad. Makes me sad because we don't know what this would have looked like afterwards. But Kansas, they're the number one team. The final AP poll that came out Kansas, followed by Gonzaga, Dayton, and Florida State. Baylor comes in at five. So that's the top five of your top 25. Could you imagine Dayton getting to the final four? Could you imagine Dayton? Florida State was looking really good. Gonzaga, of course, is always going to be in the conversation. Then you got Baylor. Baylor could have made a run. And if it wasn't for West Virginia beating Baylor, Kansas would have had to share the the Big 12 regular season championship. Then you've got San Diego State coming in at 6, Creighton at 7, then Kentucky at 8, Michigan State at 9, and Villanova at 10. Of course, again, look at this. Gonzaga. Dayton, San Diego State, Creighton. Of course, there's Villanova in the top 10. Those aren't your Power Five schools, are they? Nope. So that's why I'm a little sad about this tournament this year because there could have been a lot of non traditionals. And I don't mean non traditionals, I mean Dayton. Dayton rolling through. Then you got Duke at 11. Then Maryland came in at 12. Oregon is 13. Louisville is 14. Seton Hall will be 15. Virginia comes in at 16. Wisconsin finished 17. BYU finished 18. Then Ohio State at 19. Auburn came in at 20. Illinois at 21. Houston at 22. Then Butler at 23. West Virginia at 21 and 10. They are 24th. And Iowa comes in at 25. Now, with all this said, does this make... Kansas the AP champion. We're going to go back to the days where the championship was determined by the finish of the poll, not the other way around. Does does Kansas get the trophy? I don't think so. But you know what? If the Associated Press says, "Hey, you're the you're the you're the champ. Here you go." I mean, I'm not going to argue with it. Sort of the same way that We might have to see a lot of things decided. If you want to just have the title, the moniker of champion, and that's the difficulty here because we don't have closure on this. We're not going to have closure on this. There's no way to have closure. The closure is it got cut, and now you're dealing with the aftermath. That's the closure. You didn't see the season end. You didn't see the thundering herd with a potential— to win the Conference USA Tournament. You didn't see West Virginia Mountaineers with the potential to maybe win the Big 12 championship. You didn't get to see Kentucky and their expected win of the SEC championship, which I've been told, by the way, by many who are Kentucky fans in this building that the SEC championship means more than the NCAA championship. I think they were pulling my leg, but they seem serious about it. Kentucky, SEC champion, and that's more important than an NCAA championship. Come on now. Come on. Really, U.K. fans, I love you, but do you believe that? Do you, actually, do you actually believe that? I hope that's not the case. I hope you don't actually believe that. But there's a strong possibility. And, oh, hey, by the way, since I'm talking about U.K., let me pull this email up. This is totally something that is happening tomorrow. And if you are a U.K. fan and you're sitting there right now, you're thinking, I don't know what to do. This is almost as bad as that time that Kentucky had to go to the NIT. And you're thinking, what do I do? What do I do? We've got you covered. We got you. The UK Network, and this will air on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. This is going to be pretty cool. We've got classic Cats games, and we're going to start tomorrow, and we're going to have a schedule similar to what possibly would have been if the Cats were in the tournament, which I think is really cool. Now, we're not talking just, hey, we're going to throw any kind of game on. No, we're talking tournament games. We're talking the best of the best from UK. So Thursday night is going to tip off at seven thirty, and when I say tip off at seven thirty, that's when the game broadcast is. So we're going to go on the air at seven, and we're going to have Kentucky versus Louisville, March thirty first, twenty twelve. That'll be our first game, and then on Saturday, March twenty first, we'll have Kentucky versus Ohio State from March twenty fifth of two thousand and eleven, and then. March 27th, it's going to be, are you ready for this? It's going to be Kentucky versus Duke. Kentucky versus Duke. And I do believe this is from 1979. That's going to be cool. My guy my guy, Bill Cornwell is super excited for this right now. He is super excited. I think, was it 78, 79? Either way. It gets better. So Kentucky versus Syracuse, April 1st, 1996. I remember that game. I watched that game. I was a big Syracuse fan back in the day. I just liked Jim Beheim. And then from the 90s, Kentucky versus Utah, 1998, March 30th. And then it's going to be Kentucky versus Kansas. That's going to come from April 2nd, 2012. So these are Kentucky classic games that are going to be airing. And the schedule is March 19th, March 21st, March 27th, March 29th, April 4th, and April 6th. So we'll post the schedule on our Facebook page and also link it over to Cat Sports Facebook page. And if you're not following us on social media, I invite you to because right now that's the best place that we can give you all the information that we have we update it daily we've got information going on local information about what's happening in the area openings closings where you can find meals for your school-aged children all of that information on our facebook pages i invite you to look them up cat sports 933 and 1340 or ESPN Radio, 94.1 FM and AM 930. If you search those terms, you'll find our Facebook pages. But we'll post the schedule up on our Facebook page. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be pretty cool. I think that's really, especially if you're a Kentucky fan, you got a long, strong history of Kentucky basketball on the radio. And so I'm sure some of these games haven't seen the light of day in a while, especially since we're going back into the vault for at least one or two of these things especially that Syracuse game, that'll be a good one to listen to as well. So I'm excited for that. And, again, that's going to be on our sister station, Cat Sports, 93.3 and 13.40. Looking forward to that. And uh, we'll remind you again tomorrow, and uh, we'll let everybody know uh, as uh, March Madness, it's happening on Cat Sports, believe it or not. I am excited because we ain't got nothing else. We got nothing. We got reruns on ESPN. You can blow through all the 30-for-30s if you want to. You can do that. Thankfully, the NFL has at least given us something to talk about. I'm excited for the fact that the Bengals actually have shown some signs of life. I'm excited about that. And I'm also excited for the fact that maybe, just maybe for once, somebody else will get into the Super Bowl in the AFC. That's what I'm excited about it won't be maybe the Bengals anytime soon but you don't know that Joe Burrow, AJ Green, I- I'm excited about that. I'm really looking forward to I'm really looking forward to seeing what is happening with the NFL until they shut this thing down as well. But I mean really you look at everything and you decide that right now with all the movement going around everything you can at least understand why they haven't just said, hey, look, we're going to halt this thing. I think they are in a good situation right now where a lot of this doesn't have to happen in person. A lot of this doesn't have to happen in meetings. You don't have to have large gatherings to do this. But the thing is, Tom Brady was able to to work it out. And he said in a story when this came down, because— you probably scratching your head. Well, why didn't they franchise tag him? Well, one, it's going to cost a lot of money, too. But he flat out basically in a couple of interviews basically said, um, yeah, you can't do this on me. I'm, you know, and guess what? When you're friends with the owner, you can make things happen. When you're like a son to the owner, you can make things happen. And the new deal, when he signed his last deal, it was a two-year, $70 million contract extension that kept him with the Patriots through 2021. And his new deal included provision that does not allow New England to franchise or transition tag him for the 2020 season. The final two years automatically void on the last day of the 2019 league year, but he cannot be tagged. He will be a free agent. He worked that in his contract. So, they worked it out with him. They saw it then. So, you're thinking, why didn't they franchise him? Well, they pretty much saw that, all right, either he's going to stay, or we can't afford to keep him. Because, again, if they wanted him to stay bad enough, they would have opened up the checkbook. They would have opened up the checkbook and made everything happen. But... I think this is best for the New England Patriots because, again, it's a great landing spot for Andy Dalton. I'm looking for a home for Andy Dalton. I'm looking for a place. I want to make sure he's taken care of because, again, to be fair to Andy Dalton, the Bengals weren't the true reason for some of his shortcomings. I mean, sure, you threw the ball to a lot of other players not dressed in in Bengals orange. I get that. You're running for your life half the time, so I can understand why you might throw it to the wrong guy. But... I'm kind of curious. I want to see if Bill Belichick can make Andy Dal- If If that happens, if that happens, this is all speculation right now. If that happens, can Andy Dalton be an elite quarterback? Is Bill Belichick an elite coach? Or was it all Tom Brady? Can Tom Brady thrive outside of Bill Belichick? That's what we're going to find out in the coming days. All right, we will come back tomorrow to do it all over again. For our producer extraordinaire, Spencer Dupuy, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.